It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at threepointpod. The fellows will get enrolling right after this from our partners. Check out the Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center in the now building on the campus of Memorial Healthcare. Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center includes locker rooms, private showers, steam rooms, a sauna, a lap pool, and more, including a raised track for walking and running with views of the entire Memorial campus and surrounding area. Personally, I love it, man. Sunday, Saturday morning, get in there, get a good workout in, hit the sauna up, and I also do the steam room, so it's a perfect spot. I mean, I think it's only $12 for a day pass, but it For those of you who are looking to join for a winter membership, it's up to 15% off for your membership when it's paid in full. Memorial Healthcare strives to bring healthcare and wellness together, servicing patients' needs from diagnosis to treatment to rehab and beyond. For more details, go online at www.memorialhealthcare.org or call 989-720-CARE. That's 989-720-2273. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your larger, small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. It's time for episode 297 of the three-point podcast and holy hashtag since 57. Same old Lions have become the brand new Lions. We're going to go deep into that, but uh, boy, I tell you what, physically, health-wise, I feel so much better and I really feel so much better after that scintillating victory over the Rams. How awesome was that, boys? So it's not just the Mets. It's the Lions getting a win that has your spirits lifted. And... 100%. <laughs> uh, we're going to get deep into that, like I said, but we're presented by Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center. Check out memorialhealthcare.org for everything they offer, including discounts for 2024. Also want to thank our great local partners, including AZ Branding Solutions, Jacobs Insurance Agency, Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services. Boy, she has some big news with a, a big remodel of the old Matthews building downtown Owasso. Also want to thank Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. You know, it's 2024, fellas, but every, every once in a while, periodically, definitely want to send a special shout out to our partners, man. I mean, they make this all possible. They're outstanding in what they do, and they've been with us and loyal for a long time. I mean, kudos to them. And anytime you see any of our partners, tell them you listen to the podcast. That goes a long way. Yeah, we, we say, we've said it a number of times. Like you just said, we, we always appreciate everything our partners do for us. It, it helps us keep doing this, this show. And we, we have had some loyal ones. We, we've had some come in and out, some new ones hop on, but we, we have some partners that really do some cool stuff, uh, whether it's in the community or just their actual, you know, I guess, their business. Right. With some really successful, some really cool uh, businesses that we're partners with. So, yeah, we love them. 
Absolutely. Well, we usually catch up in this portion of the podcast, and I don't have a whole heck of a lot other than I started off 2024 with a brutal two-week uh, some sort of infection. You know, after we recorded last week, I went to the doctor, finally sucked it up, ended up getting some antibiotics, and uh, I'm back in business. But man, I was miserable for a couple of weeks. Was the doctor like, what the hell took you so long? Like, why were you not here two weeks ago? <laughs> no, he was kind to me, but it, it didn't take him long to figure it out either. Sometimes it is, uh, you know, you get a little cold or something, you think you could just head over to CVS and pick up some over-the-counter stuff and just kind of knock it out or with go to the sauna and sweat it out. You know, you yeah. kind of think you can just like take care of it on your own. And once it, once it creeps into a week, two weeks, it's like, all right, I guess let's go see if this isn't something a little right. more serious. And then they give you the antibiotic and it's like, boom, knocks that <laughs> thing right out. So it really never did. Fun. I was telling Matt off air, Jared, that, uh, you know, my wife got home from DC and she's looking at the, uh, at the records of my charge card. She goes, man, you spent over a hundred bucks on meds at Rite Aid. Oh, I tell you what, NyQuil and DayQuil is not cheap. Oh yeah, right. it is. Yeah. Anymore, it on this podcast, I, yeah, I went natural ahead. remedy because I saw the prices of them. I swear I said that on this podcast, like two or three yeah, uh, months ago. It's, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, you got to hope for you get one of those deals like you walk into CVS and they have all those yellow tags and you're like, oh, cool. They're on sale. Or then, you, you know, you think about you, you get the the like generic store brand. Right. And sometimes you hear that they're like not as not as potent, I guess, or something. But see, I never heard that. Have you heard that? Really? Is that is that I've, I've heard before that like the, the generic brand. Yeah. This is probably some stupid Internet rumor BS. But it they said like. Like literally at the thing I saw said they take the, whether it's cough medicine or whatever. And when it's expired, they take oh. the label off and put the, like <laughs> the, the generic brand label on that. So it, it's That's still like, conspiracy, man. And, and Ted guzzled that down. That's the funniest part about that whole thing is, you know, he got the store or the uh, off brand version. I, I think that pisses my wife off at times too. I don't pay much attention to the expiration dates on stuff like medication. Yeah. You know, I, I go, Oh, it's about a year past due. It's okay. <laughs> That's funny. Oh. I, cause my, my wife would, my wife would be laughing at this cause she would, yeah, she'd laugh cause I'm the complete opposite. Something hits that ex- expiration date. Out. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't touch that, man. Med- medication. It's yeah. it's funny where you draw the line with certain things. Uh, it is. And I mean, I, I don't know. I, that's one thing. It's like next thing you know, you croak after you take a, a one little swig of a bad day quill. I that's you're flirting with with something there, man. I would not touch expir- ex- expired meds. Yeah, I may have to take that under consideration. About the only thing I get too concerned with with the expiration date is milk. <laughs> you know, yeah. If, if it expires, I'm not. I smell it, but I go, nah. I don't know. Anything dairy, cheese, yogurt, anything like that. Yeah. Or the meds, you're looking at the expiration. You're like, man, I'm about to go on a wild trip, man. (laughs) Right. Back Uh, to the 70s. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, I don't really have much. This is kind of more of just a realization. So during that big snowstorm we got this weekend, Matt, thank God you weren't in town. Mm. My God. In the matter of like two hours, we like, I swear, I felt like six inches on the ground. Yeah. I, I pulled into work, like had to pick something up. Uh, was there for maybe two, two, three hours. By the time I left, like there was not a drop on the ground. I left. I had to get pushed out of my parking spot in the <laughs> parking lot. It's like, what the hell? Um, but anyway, that next morning, Saturday morning, I'm just sitting there drinking my cup of coffee, snowed in. 
and I look out my window and here in the like Detroit area, the houses are maybe a foot from each other. Like you look out your window and you can look into somebody else's window. It's kind of weird, but I look out my window and my next door neighbor has like a whole family of like teenagers. And there's this like snot nosed teenage kid, like out shoveling the driveway. And I could tell his dad gave him some sort of directive, like get all of the ice off the driveway, not only like shovel, like the, the first layer, but get all the ice off the driveway so I kid you not, I'm just sitting there drinking my coffee, like getting ready for uh, Saturday NFL football. And he's out there shoveling for like two, two and a half hours. And I sat there and watched like probably him shovel for like an hour. And I think basically all that really means is like I'm getting old. That sounds like, like a way Ted would have spent his like Sunday like 10 years ago. Probably I don't know. Right. There's really not much else to add to that. I enjoyed watching this kid. There's at one point he's shoveling and he's just sitting there like hacking at the ground. Nothing's happening. <laughs> <laughs> you said they're going crazy on the ground. Nothing's happening. All of a sudden, a car flies by. He like is he like stops what he's doing and like sits up on his shovel and like acts like he was like chilling as this car like wheels by. <laughs> More so, it's a it's a indictment on myself the how much enjoyment I got out of watching this kid shovel this driveway. But uh, I appreciate it, man. The driveway looked great afterward. I mean, it sounds like it, it's like real life entertainment. It's basically like you were watching a TV show through your window. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like some, sometimes that kind of stuff can be entertaining because you know you might catch a slip and fall, or you might catch him doing something stupid and funny, or yeah, standing up on a shovel like that. The shoveling thing, I definitely don't miss it. I never really minded shoveling. I, it's definitely it can be a, a pain on your back. I mean, if you're shoveling for a while, next thing you know, your back is like blown out. So that that can kind of suck. But fun, funny story about that we up in Bristol. I lived with a few dudes in a house when, when I worked up in Bristol at ESPN and um, one of the guys was actually from Swartz Creek. So from Michigan and he, you know, so he, he grew up in the snow and one of the other guys was from like the Atlanta area had basically never seen snow and then went to Texas to school. So basically had like for the most part, never seen snow. We got one of those crazy, basically like Lake effect, but it's called the Nor'easter up in the new England, you know, it just spins yeah. around and just dumps snow constantly. And we were under, I mean, we got, it was like 27 inches or something stupid. We're out there shoveling the sidewalk and driveway of our house. And the dude from Michigan and I are sitting there laughing because the other guy clearly had no idea what he was doing shoveling. I mean, I don't know even how to describe it. If you can picture, (laughs) how do you not know how to shovel snow? But we were, he was just like, everything he was doing, he'd like throw it back into the driveway or he would like just not even get it. And we, we got to the point where we were like, dude, stop. We got it. Just go ahead and go inside, maybe cook some food or something. We got the driveway. And but, that guy goes, well, that worked. <laughs> <you're> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was probably his whole plan, you know, the whole time. But no, that was funny. Uh, do, did you guys see the Buffalo Bills, um, how they had to hire shovelers to shovel off? The yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw that and people were like, this is awesome, man. This is so awesome. It's like $20 an hour to come basically shovel out these seats. The one video they posted it looked like maybe they maybe they had like fifteen to twenty volunteers or, or workers, I guess you would say. It looked like they were like in Mother Russia, like right. working as like slaves. It looked like <laughs> hell, man. <laughs> it, was like, it was like exactly what you're describing. Like I'm like this little fifteen second pan of this video. You see one kid doing the old like grandpa technique, where you're just like walking behind the shovel, like basically barely picking up any snow off the ground, like pushing it <laughs> like it's a lawnmower. And the other kids just like sitting there with this big old mound about 10 feet high, taking like big old cuts into this pile of snow and getting like 
two inches worth of snow on his shovel. It was like the yeah. funniest thing I've ever seen. What a shitty job, man. Twenty an hour. I mean, if you're the Bills, like, how about some free tickets or right. how about like the same hour? thing? Maybe you can yeah. actually clear some snow because I saw that they basically did it where it just ended up being like when you get there, find a seat. Any seat is yeah. available. There's no assigned right. seat. It was kind of awesome. But then you see people are literally just like shoveling off their seat, shoveling it onto somebody else's seat. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it just show shoveling, man. It's not my favorite thing in the world. That's uh, that's for sure. But I do enjoy watching other people do it. I've yeah. kind of evolved. I didn't mind sh uh, shoveling, you know, smaller portions like this. I was li lived in downtown Owasso and had had to be responsible to shovel my sidewalks. And it was fine. You know, it wasn't real hard work. You know, three foot wide. It wasn't that bad. But I've evolved, man. I really enjoy. It's one of the one of the things growing up in Michigan. I don't mind winter and I really enjoy snow blowing the driveway. Man, we get a nice snowstorm. I go, all right, I get to go out there and do some damage on the driveway. So I kind of like that. <laughs> I, I was going to ask if you have a snowblower, because I know oh, you have yeah. a, a decent sized driveway. So yep. I, I feel like that's, if you, if you go out there and sh hand shovel your driveway wow. enough times, you're going to be like, all right, I'm, I'm going to buy a snowblower. <laughs> there was no way I was, I was shoveling this driveway. No yeah. way. I, yeah. For a while there, I hired people to come plow it out, you know, but man, then they tore up my lawn more than once. And I said, the hell with that. I'm going to take care of it myself. I'll invest in a snowblower. It'll, you know, give me 10 years of use at least. And I'm good to go. There's, so. there's nothing, there's nothing more that says you're a dad than first hiring people to plow your driveway, but then stopping that because they destroy your lawn. Exactly. <laughs> the, the minute that they mess up your grass. All right. I'm going to Lowe's and her Home Depot and I'm buying myself a, my own snowblower. And then you have fun with the snowblower. Then, yeah. then it's a good time. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. All right, fellas. I think we're caught up. We, we, we're just chomping at the bit, I think, to talk about our Detroit Lions. And we're going to do that right after this. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. It's much more than a gym. It's the Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center. Stocked with a wide array of state-of-the-art cardio and strength equipment, the Wellness Center also offers a variety of fitness classes. Run, jog, or get your steps in on the raised sky track with views of the entire Memorial Campus. As part of your membership, enjoy the spa-like locker rooms with private showers. Also included is use of the steam rooms, saunas, and therapy pool. For more details, go online at memorialhealthcare.org or call 989-720-CARE. All right, guys, I'll just tee it up for you to start it all off. I mean, the Lions came out on fire, you know, scored three straight touchdowns. Then defense was making us nervous. But when it was all said and done, 
a one-point win over the Rams. First playoff victory in, what, 30 years. Just how sweet was that? That was incredible. And I don't know about you guys, but it was kind of a weird week because, you know, Michigan won the national championship on Monday. So obviously there was, if you want to call that a hangover for a few days anyway, a couple days, you know, just watching all the the videos and and the the stuff from at the the national championship game and then thinking about who what players are coming or what players are not staying, you know, all that kind of stuff. Then they have their parade in Ann Arbor. And you know, I, I feel like I was just all like Michigan won a national championship all last week. Not really getting too excited about the Lions playoff game until like the the games on Saturday, the NFL games on Saturday, but then definitely Sunday morning is when I started really thinking, man, the Lions are hosting a playoff game today. And, you know, I had, I had a few friends go and they were texting and like saying that, you know, deep downtown is buzzing and everyone is just hyped and, you know, tailgating and the Ford field was packed early. And then you start seeing Eminem is there and Megatron is there and Barry Sanders. And you, you see the hype video from Eminem. It's just everything started building up like, holy crap, this is actually happening. And then you add in the Matthew Stafford was coming back to town, that that whole storyline. Um, it, it was awesome. It was such a cool environment, obviously loud. I would have been curious to hear like in person how loud it was at Ford Field because on TV, you could tell it was loud down there. So just an incredible environment. And, uh, you know, the Lions got it done. Matthew Stafford was dealing even after busting up his hand and getting mm-hmm. knocked out. It looked like on that one play. Stafford was dropping dimes all over the place, but the, the defense did just enough and the offense did exactly what they needed to. It was, it was really a, it was, it was one of the few actually really good games of the weekend for the playoffs. Yeah. It was the environment. Wow. I mean, my favorite visual of Ford field, I, I'm not a big Ford field guy, but the people have been packing it and the few, few different times this year, we've had primetime nighttime games and, the, the one of the very first visuals you see at Ford Fields when the lights are out and the sweet lights mm-hmm. are all on. And then it's it, that is one of the best visuals you'll see. Place was rocking. Yeah, like you said, every celeb in the house. I mean, Ted, I know your favorite, Jeff Daniels. You probably were like <laughs> refreshing his Twitter feed all night, making sure you were staying up to date on what he was doing. Um, <laughs> Brian Cranston was even there. Wow. Oh, shit, I didn't see Cranston. That's a he's a he's, goat, a, man. he's a Rams fan, but still, he's oh. Um, but no, it was it was awesome coming off of the Michigan thing. Like it was almost like it's almost dealing with like sensory overload with the <laughs> Michigan national championship, then the Lions playoff win. It's like you, you you don't know what your equilibrium is. Like it felt awesome to get that playoff win, like really, really, really awesome. But it's like you're spoiled. It's like we need a loss to reset us back to even. <laughs> We're just winning in everything right now. Winning in everything. I think maybe the Jim Harbaugh uh, to the NFL news maybe what will bring us back to back to center but uh what what an awesome game i mean it looked like for a second there was going to be like 50 to 50 um i even texted uh you guys and ted you especially i said you know man this defense really sucks seemingly as soon as i sent that text they they started playing great or at least ben don't break the rest of the game i mean three red zone trips that's the story three field goals that's that's how you win nfl playoff games so what an awesome game what an awesome environment the m&m tees Everything about it was perfect. It's everything I always expected it to be. And the cherry on top, man. And really what I think maybe propelled the Lions, gave them a little bit more extra motivation, was the Cowboys losing. And now we get to do it all again on Sunday at 3 p.m. So what an unbelievable life this really is. They, 
I said it last week. If they could just get past the Rams, it's Super Bowl or bust. I'm officially on the Super Bowl train. Kool-Aid has been shotgunned. It's gone. The cooler's empty. We're pushing forward for the Super Bowl. This team can do it. If you can win that game against Sean McVay, Matt Stafford, Super Bowl champions, that pedigree, you can you can win the Super Bowl. I'm I'm all in. Yep. Yeah. Well, like they always say, and it, let's face it, it's one game at a time. Don't right. we can't overlook the Buccaneers, man. They looked impressive last night. They gave the Lions all they could handle when they first played them down there. Yeah. Uh, Mayfield seems to be on a bit of a roll, and that defense. I mean, Matt, you've talked about Goff. We know that he is not the best quarterback in the world when he gets pressure. And Tampa Bay was putting all kinds of pressure on Hurts yesterday. And, uh, you know, the Lions offensive line is going to have to step up again. I'm pretty confident, but you got to take it one game at a time. And, and yeah, you get by the Bucs and assuming that you go out to San Francisco, okay. But the way the Packers are playing, who knows, might be a third home game for the Lions. I mean, it's entirely possible. And, Jared, I, I direct this mostly at you because of what you just said. Think about your lifetime with the Detroit Lions and the disappointment with Michigan football, and I tweeted it, our high school team, the Corona Cavaliers, went all the way to Ford Field, the Michigan Wolverines, 15-0 national champions, and the Detroit Lions, absolutely Super Bowl contender. This by far is, in my lifetime, guys, the greatest football season I have ever been alive for, no doubt. I mean, I don't know if you – there's – there's nothing that could top it for the you you add all three all three right. levels like you just laid out and I don't know if it can ever be topped again. The only way it could ever be topped is if if Corona actually wins a state title and then right. if the Lions go on and win a Super Bowl. But you know that's setting the bar pretty high. Um, it, it's been a dream. I mean, like you said, Jared, you, we almost need we don't want, but you almost need a loss to like all right, let's bring it back to earth because right yeah. now. Yeah, I feel like, like you said, it's Super Bowl or bust. Right now, yeah. I'm entirely confident in this team. Yeah, they could win the Super Bowl. I think they could beat anyone in the NFC. You know, you have no idea what the Niners are going to be like after that week off. Sometimes that bye week in the playoffs, it just shakes everything up. Yeah. And the, the Packers have been rolling with Jordan Love. And maybe that helps them. You know, Jordan Love, the momentum is going for the Packers. Maybe they go out to San Fran. And and stomp them, and you know maybe that that defense forces Brock Purdy into a couple interceptions or something, and yeah, we get a third game at Ford Field possibly. It'd be wow. insane, but no, I'm entirely confident in this team and in the defense. Like you said, Jared, Ben, don't break. They're they're not gonna shut any team down. Um, they're not gonna like just be a lights out pitch a shutout type of thing. But usually, you know, they they do good enough to where. If, if the offense doesn't blow it, you know, it's always one of those, like if, if the offense does what they do, what Jared Goff has been playing really well, this team has a really good shot because the defense is like good enough. Hutchinson and the defensive line actually has been playing pretty well. The linebackers are doing what they need to that. The secondary is what it is. I mean, yeah. at this point, they, they just are what they are. You got to hope that they like force, they, they get an interception or two. Like uh, That's just what you got to hope for. And then, like you said, Jared, when when you get to the red zone, if you, red zone, if you can tighten up and hold teams to a field goal, that's a win. Because I mean that Matthew Stafford, because I, I, they lost, you know, it's not being talked about much. He made some incredible throws on Sunday. I mean, he was throwing sidearm. He was doing everything we've seen him do with Detroit. You know, however long 
sidearms, no looks. I mean, he was just zipping the ball in there. But, you know, the Lions defense tightened up when they needed to. And credit to Goff. I mean, yeah, I, I am not the biggest Jared Goff fan, but I've, I'm not like I've said this so many times on here. I'm not on the side of like a hater. Get him out of here. I don't want him on the Lions. It's not that at all. You know, I just I, I don't think he's like a top 10 quarterback. I, he's starting to itch inch into there, though, maybe with how he's playing, because you see with no pressure against the Rams, he was like 22 of 22 for 250 yards in his touchdowns. But then, you know, we see when he does get pressured, you know, he's he's not the most mobile. He can move in the pocket a little bit, but he gets a little flustered. So almost to an extent, kind of like what you said, Ted, about the Buccaneers against the Eagles, they were really pressuring Hurts. I don't know why teams don't just don't all-out blitz Jared Goff every single time. I know when the run game is working, you know, you, you can't just do that every single time. But when he sits back there in a clean pocket, no pressure, he can pick teams apart. He's an accurate passer. He doesn't have the strongest arm. He doesn't have an arm like Stafford, but he can zip it when he needs to. I mean, he made a couple throws to Josh Reynolds and some other ones that were like, dang, okay. So the run game is working. I mean, Laporta was actually out there playing, you know, hopefully maybe some other, some rest days this week, and he can basically be back to close to 100% on Sunday. This is a Super Bowl team. I mean, yeah. if they if they don't have any major injuries, you know, and, you know, you just never know about that. But this is a Super Bowl team, and it's it's crazy to say that because we've never seen it. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, and I got to slip this in there. And it, we all have our different opinions about Jared Goff. There's no question about it. Let's throw the whole contract thing thing out of the out of the box right now. Yeah. That's something they'll deal with down the road. But right now, from what I see. And you said it perfectly. Without pressure, he's 22 of 22. I mean, not right. every quarter, not every quarterback in the NFL will have that kind of accuracy. The dude can throw the pass, right? Yep. Maybe not the long ball, but that's also part of their offensive scheme. But my God, this team is in love with Jared Goff. And that's yep. good enough for me. Dan Campbell loves him. The team, you can see it in these videos. He is the leader of this year's Detroit Lion team, and we need to soak that up and give him some good karma because the dude's done everything he's been asked to do. He's, yep. he's run out of L.A. Sean McVay gives him no – I mean, he just kicks him out of town, basically. You know, yep. it, was a, it was an absolute perfect trade. Perfect trade. Look what the Lions got for Stafford. We all love Stafford when he was in Detroit. I still like him, too. I mean, that was a yep. hell of a performance yesterday. Guy's a stud. If he was on this Detroit Lions team, They'd be as good as they are or better with Matthew Stafford just right. because, you know, they have they have the components around him, right? Yeah. But I just don't know. Here's the thing with Stafford, and I'll let you finish. No, go I ahead. That's if, all. Like, I think I, th I thought about that same exact thing. Like, if Stafford was – if Stafford never requested a trade and we – let's just say the, that we got all these same pieces. Yeah. I almost think, like, Goff helped – because Goff is was willing and or doesn't have the ability to be like Stafford and win a game basically entirely on his right arm, right. like I don't know if this team could have built their identity the same way they have with Jared totally Goff right. being able to yeah, pound the rock right. and do all that. Where because you're just your bottom with Stafford, like he just wouldn't let you fall that low, basically. Like in mm -hmm. Stafford's going to throw the ball forty times if he needs to to win a game. Mm -hmm. So I I like I almost think it's almost the opposite where it's like I'm not sure the culture would be the same. I'm not sure the team would be just as good or if not better with Stafford. You would think on paper it would be, but there's something about the cohesion and the culture. I mean, look at the Eagles. It's like they have talent. They, they have better leadership, everything, but the culture is just rotten. What a shit and show. And we're seeing it down yeah. the stretch. 
the Lions are the exact opposite of that, where yeah. I think they're maximizing their talent. They they love playing with each other. And I think that's maybe the number one thing you could say about Jared Goff, like you said, Ted, is that they love playing for that guy. Yeah. Anyway, so but anyway, as you're saying, Goff compared to Stafford. Well, yeah, I just want to, you know, this this matchup, it really all I want to say is how ideal was it? I mean, right. Matthew Stafford coming back home. I mean, you know, and you're reading some of this stuff on social media about the booing. Well, what else are you going to do? If, if, yeah. if booing is out there, he's the opponent, you know, he's the yeah. enemy for this Sunday afternoon. It wasn't personal. I mean, I, you know, I read stuff about his wife and stuff. You know, you just got to right. take that with a grain of salt, right? I mean, again, I think Miggy Incognito posted something on our Twitter site about not getting the booing in general. I tend to understand that, but that's just the nature of the beast. That just goes right. along with the territory. Yeah. And Matthew Stafford, he said it last week or coming into the game that he understands he is now the enemy. You know, he, right. he had, that, that was his first game back in Detroit since the trade, they yeah. played the Rams, but it was out in LA. Um, so that was his first time back in Detroit. He's done nothing but say good things about Detroit ever since he left. I mean, he, they had charities and they had fundraisers when they lived in Detroit and they always gave back to the community. He obviously did what he could, you know, when the lions were in the dumps, hiring people like Matt Patricia and having just terrible draft picks and stuff, his whole tenure there. So he, you know, he did what he needed to do as a lion. I think, you know, I, you can criticize, he was 0 three in the playoffs and, you know, there were obviously times that he was a little, maybe reckless with the ball, you know, some of those interceptions sometimes would be like, man, what are you doing? People say he was a, a stat patter. You know, he, he would rack up his stats when they were down 20, 30 points when they just started throwing the ball. I, I understand all the criticism about Stafford, but you know, to me, he did everything he could in his tenure in Detroit. And like, like you kind of just laid out, they never had a coach like Dan Campbell when he was there. They never had an offensive line. They, they had skill players, you know, they had Megatron and they had Reggie Bush for a little bit. They had some good skill players, but they never had a complete full team like this Lions team when Stafford was there. And maybe Jared, I mean, good point. Maybe it's a little bit of a knock on Stafford because he is so good. Maybe they think like we don't have to build a team like this. We've got Matthew Stafford. He's going to win games for us. Let's just get him some receivers and, you know, go with that. Let's get a, a running back like Reggie Bush, and that'll be good enough. Instead of, like, let's get a guy like David Montgomery. Let's really build this offensive line, you know. So maybe maybe there is something to that. But. Yeah, and, you know, like I said, that because of the trade, the Lions were able to stock some definite needs. And let's look ahead in the crystal ball. Let's, let's say – Go Lions, go. We don't know what the next couple of weeks are going to have in store for us. But right now, if you're their general manager, what do you do? Where where do you try to strengthen yourself? Secondary, I think, stands 100%. out number one, right? Yeah, sec you, secondary and to me, maybe even, me? yeah, defensive line, because Hutchinson clearly he it'd be nice for him to have a counterpart. If if the Raiders really Max Crosby has said oh if my. the Raiders don't give the job to Antonio Pierce, he wants out. Yep. If that actually happens, go get Max Crosby. <laughs> that that would be nice. Number I think one. linebacker too. We all love Alex Anzalone, and he yeah. really he's a great locker room guy, great culture guy. And I think he was even. I don't know. I, don't, I was going to say I think he got voted into the Pro Bowl. I I don't think wow. that's true, but I no, I don't think that's true. He had but, a like he a Pro Bowl esque season. He he was probably their best defender right. consistently all year. Yeah, he had a great year. 
but you know, he's, you know, age is maybe starting to creep up with him and he is limited a little bit. So maybe even linebacker, I, I think first it would Anywhere be second, secondary and defensive line yeah. would really, I think most people just, would say. Just if you, if you can keep that offense together, just right. every pick on defense, right? <laughs> right. And that, that's where, yes, you, you throw the contract thing out. That's, we'll worry about that after the Lions win the Super Bowl. Right. But that's where the, the golf contract thing, to me, comes in. Jared, I think you were talking about it a couple of weeks ago. Because, right, you're going to have to pay Hutchinson at some point. You're going to have to pay Brian Branch in a few years. You're going to have to pay St. Brown, Laporta. Laporta. You know, got all Penny Sewell at some point is going to need it's a good basically a max contract. You know, Jameer Gibbs in a few years if you want to keep, keep him. So you have all these dudes, like you just said, Ted, if you want to keep this offense together that you're going to have to pay. And, you know, if, if you have $300 million wrapped up in Jared Goff, then, you know, that might make it tough. So that, that would be the discussion. I don't know that, yeah. but right. Like, like you said, that's down the line. The, so the booing thing, I, I definitely want to get your guys' thoughts. Ted, you kind of yeah. said it a little bit. Yeah. I'm getting like absolutely blown up on Twitter and <laughs> still, I bet if I hopped on right now, I would probably have like 30 notifications. It's been kind of crazy. So <laughs> after the, anyone who doesn't know, you've probably seen it at this point. After the game and Stafford's uh, post-game presser, he was asked, uh, so, someone basically teed up and asked him, how do you feel for the fans in the city of Detroit that they finally got this playoff win? And Stafford just very simply said, I'm happy for the players in that locker room mm-hmm. and like moved on. Obviously an opportunity for him to like say, happy for the city, the, the fans deserve it, you know, all those generic lines that everyone has been saying. But like I said before, he has already said all that stuff. He has said nothing but glowing, glowing things about the fans, about the city and everything. So it's almost there. There's a side that's like, what else do you want him to say? And then there's also the side that it's like, this is minutes after he just lost to the lions in the playoffs. And he's already contemplated, you know, there's been reports of him contemplating retirement at times because of some of the injuries. And, you know, he might be, thinking about what's what's going on with my career, what's going on here with the Rams, and you're asking him minutes after the Lions just beat him to, like, gush about the fans. It's like, well, I don't I don't think that's really necessarily the place to do that. I understand. Yeah, he could have just quickly said something nice like, yeah, the, I'm happy for the fans. They deserve it, and then move on. I get that. But the big thing to me is the booing. I, I don't think – you know, like you said, Miggy Incognito said, like, he never understands the booing. I'm kind of with that, too. The booing is kind of goofy. Sometimes, you know, if you're in that environment, mob mentality, if everyone starts booing, you're going to start booing, too. So, you know, you're all fired up. You know, you want to boo the opposing team. I get that. I, I'm not on the side of people are like, you know, so on Twitter, people are, are like, what do you want them to roll the red carpet out for Stafford and everyone to praise him and everyone wears? No, no one is saying all that. He is. We've, we said it on the podcast. You just said it, Ted. We're still like Stafford fans, but no, he plays for the Rams now. It's it's full Lions. I, I want nothing to do with cheering for him when he's getting these completions. No touchdowns. Way. No, no. He he is on the Rams. I want nothing to do with cheering for him to beat the Lions. No. But pregame, like an hour before, when he trots on the field to start warming up, and you hear hundred thousand Ford Field fans booing him, that's where I was like that could have been the time to maybe just give him a little applause and, you know, not, I'm not saying a standing ovation. I'm not saying, you know, but like the booing there could have been a little like, geez, really? Oh, okay. I mean, whatever. I'm, I'm not that fired up about it. I just thought it was a little, maybe a little head scratching right then, 
But then anytime throughout the game, boo the heck out of him because he he's the opposing quarterback. But to get so mad at him, people are saying like classless. Stafford is such a bum now because he didn't answer <laughs> that question in the postgame presser and yeah. praise Detroit and all this stuff. Sure I'm just like, is. you just booed him. You you did a jersey ban. You you said no one wear his jersey to Ford Field, which I get. I, I wouldn't want to see Stafford jerseys. You know, I, I get that. But like you do that. And then you expect him after the Lions beat him to be like, I love Detroit. Detroit fans are the best. They deserve all this. It's just like, like, which way do you want it? That that, that was my one thing. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, I get he's the opposing quarterback, and I understand all that. I'm not saying roll the red carpet out for him. No. But if you're going to boo the heck out of him and be happy when he, you know, got knocked out on the field and say, get out of here and all that kind of stuff, what do you expect him to say about the fans in the postgame presser minutes after he just lost and his season is over? That was my only thing. And of course, you know, people are blowing me up saying like, I, uh, if you love Stafford, why don't you go be a Rams fan and all that stuff. And it's like, that's not even like what I'm saying, but so yeah. What, what, so what do you guys stand on the booing? Like I'll be, I, at first I went back and forth with it. I, it's here's where I view it maybe a little differently is leading up to the game. I don't know. I don't know. Apparently his wife, Kelly Stafford has a podcast. I didn't even know that she's talking about on our podcast, how she can't believe the Detroit didn't comp them a suite. And like their, uh, their, their expectation of what this game was going to be was like, if it was like a preseason game (laughs) and it's like, basically it was like meaningless. Like, well, let's just celebrate Stafford. Right. Like it's a playoff game. First time in 30 years. Like Stafford is an afterthought. Like, and as for the, the actual like booing when he ran on the field, I don't hate the gamemanship. Like I don't, when I hear booze, like, especially in the, in that setting, like people, I didn't take it like too personally. It's like, it's like, right. that's part of the, the sports like world. I, I don't, it's just a funny thing to do. I think like I wouldn't have started the booing, but let's say I'm at that game. I've had, you know, whatever, six beers. I probably would have joined <laughs> in on the booing and laughed about it. Like what like, it, it, I didn't, like I thought that was maybe a little overblown and I don't know what, what they were expecting. Like, I almost think this family, the Stafford family thought they were going to be like, you know, treated like kings and like in queens at this game. Like they right. rolled up wearing like the whole family with his like I think he's like five daughters or something like that, Four. all within like ages zero to five. Yeah. They're all wearing like matching jackets that say like Detroit born, LA raised. Like they thought this was gonna be like an awesome, like we love you environment. And she's saying stuff after the game, like, and this is probably what happened before Stafford went to the um, you know, post game podium, she probably said something like, "Yeah, we got booed all night, and they were horrible mm-hmm. to the kids." You guys right. actually think fans in Ford Field were like shitting on their kids? Right. I, like, I think that's an <laughs> exaggeration. That's maybe one dumbass fan who probably yep. was the same guy calling himself a Detroit Ram three years ago. <laughs> right. Like, and she just does this whole stereotypical paint with a broad brush over the entire Lions fan base over one drunk jackass who's wearing an engine as a hat. Like, I don't, they overblown it. And I'm just like, I love Stafford. I've always loved Stafford. I can't change how my heart feels, how this whole thing went down. It changed my opinion of him. It really did. Like, it just seems so kind of soft. Like that question at the end, I get like, it's not something you want to hear right then, especially when you just got booed and, you know, maybe you're, whether you know it's true or not, your wife just told you that, you know, her kids got booed. Like, just say, yeah, I'm happy for the fans. Happy for the fans right. in the city. Like, basically, exactly what he said, except he pointed and only said it about the players. Oh, like, yeah. He just said that same exact like one-line answer. Said, yeah, I'm happy for him. Yeah. Like, he's no, very pissed and hurt. And maybe it's fair that he's hurt. I don't know. 
Like it's such a weird, it was such a perfect storm that of course happened to Detroit. Like any other time, if it wasn't a playoff game, we would have, we would have celebrated Stafford had a five minute, you know, farewell video, all that stuff, but it's a playoff game, man. And yeah. like, and, and it's funny. Cause I think the booze actually like made him play better. Like he played great. It right. almost seemed like he was dialed in and he probably was concussed on that one play. I don't right. know. Maybe we can talk about that, but he's like, F that I'm playing. Like we're yeah. winning. I want to win this game. So goddamn bad. Um, so I think he played great. Yeah, it's just, I, it was just a weird, I think it's more so coming from his wife than necessarily Matt. I don't know. Right. Maybe, maybe that's, maybe I'm reading too much between the lines. No, I think you're right on, on that part. And, and as far as the booze go, it, it's just part of the game. I, yeah. you know, they didn't necessarily have to, but big deal. That's the way yeah. I look at it. I, I liked it better when the Detroit, I like better when fans, are cheering positive when they did the whole Jared Goff, Jared yeah. Goff. That's how you're supposed to behave at a game, in my yeah. opinion. I mean, yeah. the positive vibes, and that's how I would prefer to be. But hey, like we said, wrapping up the Matt Stafford conversation, we're always gonna love Matt Stafford. I mean, yeah. he he was a hell of a guy, hell of a quarterback on a bad Detroit franchise at that time, and. God bless him. God bless him for being a part of the trade. And then we all forget a little bit. He wanted out of Detroit. It wasn't right. Detroit wasn't going out of their way to trade him. You know, he's, he wanted to go somewhere else and it paid yeah. off. He got his, he got his Super Bowl. It should be a win-win for everybody. You know, it should be. Can yeah, you that, imagine? That, oh, sorry, Matt. In, no, in I was going to say that's, that's part of the story too, is he, he did ask to be traded. So there is that side. I had the thought during the game, like imagine an alternate universe. Let's say the Rams lose that Super Bowl to the Bengals <laughs> and this exact game like plays out. Oh my God. Stafford would have to go hide under a rock for a year. That would have been a shit show. Right. Yeah. I don't know, Matt. Like you, I, Matt, you like, did you, I don't know. I, I go back and forth. I'm like, I was going to honestly, my first opinion on this whole thing was going to be, I don't have an opinion for once. I see both sides of the Stafford yeah. saga, but I, I don't know. Just something about his snarkiness kind of post game. Just say you're happy for the fans, man, and right. move on. I, I I don't know, and, and maybe it's unfair of me to act to put so much credit in the Lions fans to act like they weren't being shitheads to the Staffords all game. But like, I almost like this is not right. I shouldn't say this, but you're almost tempting fate, sending that family out into the Ford Field in that environment. It's like you almost got to like, dude, whatever the sweet cost, Stafford, you got to pay for it, man, and you got to get your family out of the the mass of humanity at Ford field in the lower bowl. Like I, I kind of almost like, what are you asking for drunk, you know, middle-aged loser fans are there. <laughs> like, yeah, you're going to get booed. You're gonna, you're going to get a few, you know, quips as the game is falling and this, and the Rams are losing. Like, I, I just, I kind of think it just comes with the territory when you go into enemy territory. Yeah. Like it'd be like going out into uh, Buffalo next week and then like being pissed about getting booed after it. It's like, no, that's right. you, that's going to happen. Yeah, so. no, I, I I definitely understand that because it did come off like they they expected they expected the red carpet to be rolled out and the video tribute to happen there, and it is different regular season game. Yeah, do it, mm -hmm. but in the playoffs, first time at Ford Field ever, first time in Detroit in thirty years. No, that's not going to happen. For the they blood. play they play the Rams in the regular season in Detroit next year, <laughs> so I bet that stuff will probably happen then. But it almost now feels like it's going to be a little like. Yeah. Do you even want to now? Because right. now it's the second time that he's back in Detroit. I mean, they probably still will do it and try to just like move on. Let's do this. Say thank you, Stafford, and then everyone move on. But I, I think it's just the start of the story. Like you said, it's gonna it's gonna bleed into the whatever that 
what there'll be more that'll come out about what happened to the, to the Stafford family on yeah. her podcast probably this week. This right. is a this is a story that's gonna have a, a long shelf life. Yeah. Stay tuned. Hey, I will hey, I'll, I'll change the, the topic just playing. a little bit. I was gonna say in hindsight, I really wish I would have gone to the game. I mean, that <laughs> that would have been unbelievable. I mean, from everything I'm hearing, you know, you see Dan Campbell talking about it. he says he's never seen anything like it in his life. I mean, you know, we picked up on how loud it was on TV. I have a guy I work with who was at the game. He bought season tickets this year. He went to Kansas City because he knew this was going to be a Lions year. Him and I had a lot of conversations, and I'm texting him at the stadium and saying, hey, man, what's it like? He says, I can't hear myself think. I mean, it's so loud. <laughs> so why don't you – okay, well, you got your chance to I was going to say, so now you have I know, I know, I know. <laughs> what, was, I, I, what was the one concert that you, you didn't go to, but you wish you would have? Was it Miley? Or there, uh, there was a concert that – No, who was it? It was – No, well, my, my dad was like – I remember talked to, he talked about going to a Prince concert. And then I think Prince died like a month later. Like it was, it was kind of morbid right. how it happened. Maybe that's the one. The no, one, there, was one I, was, there was one I wanted to go to too. And I oh, can't no, it was think Ed Sheeran. Was it Ed Sheeran? Oh, Ed Sheeran. Detroit? Ed Sheeran. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so uh, we'll see. We'll see what yeah. the ticket prices are. I mean, I paid 199 standing room only on Thanksgiving. I mean, what are you thinking for round two of the playoffs? Just imagine I, if you would have not, you know, what a dud that game was, man. If I you could have just saved that, uh, whatever, $400. <laughs> oh, you're put right. It, put it forward to this playoff game. Me, man, you'd be feeling a lot better about going. I'm going to blame that on my sister, Jenny, because she's the one that instigated that whole Thanksgiving thing this year. So I don't know. I'll find out. I'll let you guys know. But I would I would do standing room if it was within reason. <laughs> You'd think they'd be pretty pricey. What What do we think, though? I, I think I saw this morning right now the Packers are a 10-point underdog, and I think the, the Lions I saw are six-point favorite. Really? Do we think it's just simply going to play out like that? Lions, Ooh. 49ers, and the NFC Championship, or – What's your guys' early I'm, gut reaction right now? I'm not nervous about this game. Um, I know I probably should be. It's a playoff game. The Buccaneers, are they have a good defense, and it kind of is like the anti of what the Lions want to do with all the blitzes they send. But I, I, I'm confident. It's I just I would be shocked if they lost to the Buccaneers. Ooh. I really would be. I think that the Buccaneers are not the greatest matchup with the stud wide receivers they have and kind of the gunslinging of you know Baker Mayfield could could lead for a couple big plays uh, against the Lions defense. But, I mean, how are you not confident? I feel like the Rams were the best team outside of the 49ers, like on this uh, on this bracket that the Lions had to beat. And we talked about it, man. I mean, that was the perfect, you know, exercise your demons win. Yes. Now it's just free-flowing. It's like Michigan in the national championship, man. Just go play with your hair on fire and yeah. win this game. I feel, I feel uber confident, which is I never feel that way about a Michigan game or a Lions game. So maybe that's not a good sign, but I'm uber confident. I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to break a sweat until I need to during that game. Yeah, I'm yeah. confident on Lions. I'm actually. What'd you say? Ten point forty niners. Wow. I, what the Packers got going right now? I don't know. I mean, I, I. I. If I was a betting man, I'd probably take the ten and take the Packers. But I think they can actually go into San Francisco. You. You talked about it a little earlier with a week off. I mean, Purdy. He's going to come down to reality someday. You know, maybe it'll be in, with the playoffs, right? I mean, Packers right now, and I think I, I texted you guys. I mean, it's the Lions. They they ran through the North this year, but watch out in the future because the Packers are going to be right there. I mean, you know, yep. Love is a lot better than I thought he was. I mean, yeah. I got to give him credit. I mean, he looked good on Thanksgiving, the game I went to. 
And I mean, he just looked fantastic. I mean, they got a great system there with, with the coach. And I think they technically, I mean, they could go out to San Francisco and win that game and set up that third playoff game for Detroit. That's what I'm I'm focused on right now. It'd be crazy. Similar, similar to Michigan, kind of what you're saying, Michigan had to win it this year with all the conference realignment and all the guys that we've seen leave Michigan, possibly Harbaugh. Like it, Michigan had to get it done this year. They did. It almost feels that way with the lions just because with the NFL, you never know free agents leave, you know, just whatever happens. If the Packers all of a sudden turn into the Packers that we've always seen, get it done this year, Detroit. Well, what's going to be sweet. You know, the lions have the three o'clock Sunday game. The 49ers and Packers are the Saturday night uh, primetime game at 815. So they're going to they're going to have all the cards laid out in front of them before that game on Sunday. I mean, yeah. and again, it, <clears throat> NFL, I still like college football probably a little bit better than the NFL. But with the day and age of what they got going on now, looking at the future with nil and everything else, coaches moving on. NFL still is king. I mean, when you get to the playoffs here and you look at these matchups we have coming up next week, you know, with Texans and Stroud of Ohio State couldn't beat Michigan, but now he's going to be an all-pro quarterback. They play yeah. at the Ravens. Uh, I, you know. I love watching the the Stroud. I love watching Stroud. He's like my favorite player, man. He's good. Because of what you said, it makes you feel confident about the future of Michigan. Right. The fact that they could not beat Michigan with Stroud, Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, Alave, whoever else they didn't have Alave, but Garrett Wilson, all of those guys. Like, how the hell are we ever going to lose to those guys? And we right. couldn't lose to them when they had those freaking pieces. Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to be fun, that's for sure. All right, well, let's take another short pause and uh, we'll have the prep spotlight presented by Jacobs Insurance Agency right after this. Jacobs Insurance Agency has served Shiawassee County and the surrounding areas since 1977. Just like Three Point Podcasts, we've had three generations, Gary Jacobs Sr., Gary Jacobs II, Brian Jacobs, and myself, Noah Jacobs, serving our community with offices in Waterford and Owasso on M21, just west of Home Depot. Stop in or go online to jacobsinsurance.com to get a quote or get your questions answered by our team. Jacobs Insurance is a proud supporter of our local schools and the proud sponsor of the Prep Spotlight. Ensure everything, local, independent, and trusted. It's our family working together to protect yours. That's the Jacobs way. All right, guys, I want to start this uh, prep spotlight again, brought to you by Jacobs Insurance. Uh, I want to say uh, congratulations to our buddy, Jerome Murphy. He's officially retired as a sports writer for the Owasso Argus Press. Had quite a career over 30 years. Wrote a heck of a lot of good stories, mostly on uh, high school athletes from, you know, all the area teams didn't matter if they were big or small. He had he had a great writing style and uh, a well-earned retirement for Murph, man. He, he's a good guy. Turf the Murph will always be legendary. Did he get a nice little like uh, front page send out? I didn't he, see it. He did. Yes, he did. What yep. was the title of it? Oh, you have to ask oh, me that. Clever? I, I, it was fairly clever. It showed him uh, right standing in front of the printing press at the Argus Press. Uh, and it was front page <laughs> picture. I don't remember what the headline was, but it was very well done. And uh, it's the end of an era. You know, when, when I look back and, uh, you know, I started out, there was a guy named Lucky Gad. He was a cigar smoking drinker that would go to the high school games. You could smell the booze on him. No offense to any of the Gad family listening, but he was a good writer. And then it went from him to Gary Webster, good friend of mine. Tony Hornis was there for a long time. And then it went to Murphy. You know, there were other sports editors, Ryan Wise, one of our friends. But Murphy is the, is the last of a breed. And I really, 
it's going to be interesting to see how the Argus continues forward, right. you know, with the, with the day and age of newspapers nowadays. I mean, mm-hmm. they've never missed printing. They're there every day. But, uh, man, it is kind of a dying industry, isn't it? It is. And, you know, I, I still I know you still get the paper and some of my friends that still live in the area, they still get the Argus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes, especially, you know, during high school football season or during other, you know, Michigan Lions, whatever big events like that, they still like will text and say like they look forward to getting the Argus and seeing the write ups and stuff. So there is still like it, it seems like there is still value for a newspaper. It does mm-hmm. seem like it's still a little more like local. You know, it's not necessarily you, you don't necessarily go to the paper for your national news. You know, it's maybe more for your your local community stuff and, and you know, maybe broader like Michigan coverage. But I, I think there is still value. But right. It's it's not what it used to be. So it's tough to man print a paper every day. It's mm-hmm. still crazy to think about that. But the, the Argus press, man, it's a it's the last of a dying breed. It really it is. is as a whole, like the whole printing press thing um, and just this local news. Yeah. Hopefully somebody steps in and can fill the shoes of, of Jerome, the Murph Murphy, a guy that you see once, you never forget him. You never, <laughs> just, just, which is a good, like, it's a good thing. I wish I had that effect on people. It's like, you'll never forget him when you, you'll never, ever forget him when I'm on my deathbed, 90 years old. I'll be flipping through those articles that he wrote way back when. And I'll remember that guy, the Murph legend. Absolutely. Well, congrats to Murph. Uh, By the way, speaking of the Argus Press, I usually get most of my prep spotlight information from the Argus Press, whether it's the newspaper or their (laughs) online edition. What you're saying is we need to we need to send a stipend to Murphy because he's basically funded this funded this program for the last yeah. year. Well, we just gave him kudos on the air, but uh, this one actually was from last week. The game uh, on Z92.5. We'll start out in boys basketball. St. John's down Hazlitt, 49-42. Sophomore Bryce Prattle had 20 in that one. Uh, it was actually to tell you the truth, it's been a little slim pickings finding things in the paper. Not everything is getting reported to the Argus. So I had to do a little digging for some of this stuff here. Goodrich down Corona, 56-47. The Cavs fall to 3-7 and seven despite Braylon Sosha's 15. Kind of a disappointing uh, season so far for the Cavaliers on the hardwood. Uh, they were coming in with some pretty high expectations. Uh, some players didn't go out, and uh, they're going to have to kind of figure it out the rest of the way. Owasso, I mean, I didn't even see this in the paper. I saw it in the online edition. Owasso picked up their first W of the year, 35-32 Trojans. Hardburner. Uh, yeah, big win. Nate Parsons, Carter McCulka split 16 points and a, a big win for Dave Owens because, I mean, we know Owasso's basketball has struggled the last few years, and that's that's huge to get a W for those kids. Who well did done. they play? They played Brandon, 35-32. Oh, okay. Yep, a conference win. Uh, also rounding out the boys' basketball, Ovid Elsie beat Mount Morris 62-35. And girls' basketball, Langsburg got by Saranac. Uh, their fifth straight win, 54-15. to Kaylee Clark had 11. And in swimming, Owasso boys stayed unbeaten, downing Chesanine and Oscoda. Blake Binger was 4-4 four of four in his swimming events. That leads us up to this week's Castle Game of the Week. It'll be this coming Friday as the St. John's Red Wings travel to Fowlerville to take on the Gladiators two weeks in a row. Uh, St. John's on the radio. And and right now i got to give a blatant promo, fellas. Uh, we haven't talked about it on the podcast, but uh, the first annual 
Black and Gold Night is coming up February 3rd at the Knights of Columbus. It's going to be a fundraising affair for Corona Athletics. Back in the day, they used to have a big party. It was called the 300 Club. Uh, they had a, It was with the Owasso Trojans Athletic Club, you know, and then they split all the proceeds. But Corona's starting their own this year. Dinner, drinks, and a silent auction. It's going to be February 3rd. Put it on your calendar. It's going to be a lot of neat things auctioned off, and uh, I think it's very cool by the Athletic Club to put that together. Definitely sounds like it's going to be a cool event, but let's. What's the real reason that you're bringing that up? I have no idea. <laughs> right? No, they're actually they invented an award. They're going to give me <laughs> since I'm old. They're going to give me uh, the first annual what? Golden Alumni Award. It's going to be That's interesting cool. to see. I just hope that anybody that participates, <clears throat> Jared, remembers that my wife is going to be there, and so is my daughter. So be kind if there's any shenanigans. <laughs> There's not gonna be shenanigans. Uh, <laughs> good lord, man! What do you? How, how little do you think of me? Um, well, I remember the family roast we had on a Christmas. That's all I'm going back to. Listen, I was tasked with putting together a roast. I mean, it's a roast. What do you? It's not. It's that's the point of it. Oh, no, I, I got. Uh, no. I think enough skin. I'm just saying. Remember, my wife and my daughter is gonna be there. That's yeah. all I'm gonna say. Yes. Uh, no, there will be no negative negativity. You had a great career. Um, yeah, it's cool that you're getting this honor. Um, is there any part like as this is maybe tying a bow on the on the prep spotlight? But yeah. as you see, kind of Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, um, Nick Saban, all right. like hanging. It, I mean, it was weird to me just watching those guys my whole life. That's it, that's football. Is right. those guys? That's all I've ever known. But you lived it, man. I mean, you were there. You were covering probably Nick Saban during his days at Michigan State. Oh, yeah. Was it weird kind of seeing those three guys kind of tie a bow on a career? Uh, you know, just it just as somebody who is retired himself. Yeah, it really was. I mean, the timing of it, you know, like Saban said. I mean, I, I go right back to how he said it. You know, you could kind of tell this year things were a little bit different. But when you guys, you'll see it someday down the road. And that's where I'm at right now. You get to a point where you relook at life in general and you do wear down a little bit, you know, you've right. had a, a full life of grinding, right? I'm 68 and it's just grind, grind, grind. It's time to slow down and enjoy things, you know, right. and that's, that's where they're at. I think it's kind of interesting that, like you said, I, I did cover these guys. I followed them all very closely. And then I kind of stepped away about the same time. So you yeah. just have to put me with the Belichick and Saban legacy, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I would say you're right, right there with them. And that's <laughs> exactly. why that's why Corona's giving you that that award. <laughs> yep. So much deserved, really cool. And and yeah, you, it is crazy to see multiple people step away. Legends like that. I, I know Belichick yeah. still might keep coaching, but right. it was crazy all like within a couple of days. Carol, Belichick, Saban all hanging it up but. yeah in fact when carol got the you know he got fired we let's face it you know whether right. they want to call it mutual or not i really thought he might end up at washington but you know they pulled the string and that's what's been funny in college football maybe we'll talk more about it in potpourri but you know the quick turnaround and quick hirings that have happened it's i guess that's part of Musical the business chairs. all right well let's let's get into some of that stuff in the sports potpourri right after this the Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center is another great addition to the Owasso community. Start your wellness journey today by signing up for a 2024 membership. Get 15% off a yearly membership and 15% off your enrollment fee for new members. 
Membership gets you full use of the workout equipment, fitness classes like Pilates, yoga, spin, and many others. Relax in the steam room or sauna after your workout. Run, jog, or walk around the third floor SkyTrack. Enjoy the spa-like locker rooms with sparkling clean private showers and other amenities. For more details, go online at memorialhealthcare.org or call 989-720-CARE. Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services is the official and exclusive realtor and broker for Three Point Podcast. Corey and her team have been providing personal, exemplary service and real estate sales since 2004. Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services are total professionals helping you sell your current house or buying your dream home. Stop in at 216 West Exchange Street in Owasso, get info online at coreyshook.com, and follow on Facebook at Corey Shook Realtor for more details. If you are looking for honesty, ambition, and expertise, you're looking for Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services. Are you ready to take your brand to the next level? Look no further. Introducing AZ Branding Solutions, where we help grow your brand from A to Z. At AZ, we're committed to helping businesses and organizations like yours reach new heights. Our full-service print and digital branding agency is your one-stop destination for all things branding. Need a stunning web or graphic design that captures your essence? We've got you covered. Want captivating social media content that engages your audience? Done! And that's not all. We're experts in video production and photography, ensuring your brand tells a compelling visual story. Plus, we specialize in screen printing and embroidery, turning your brand into wearable art that speaks volumes. Whether you're a startup or an established business, AZ is here to transform your brand dreams into reality. Ready to grow with us? Partner with AZ today and experience the difference. Visit our website at www.az.co or give us a call at 1-844-360-AZEE. AZ Branding Solutions, where your success begins. All right, I'll start it off, guys. Just uh, in general, the Michigan Wolverines, national champions, it was awesome. And now the reality is setting in. Okay, (laughs) They had the big parade and pep rally. I mean, I don't know if you saw it. It was on the Big Ten Network, the pep rally at Chrysler. It was awesome. You know, it was just what you would expect to see. They did it really top-notch, high-class. I mean, hearing from the captains, JJ and the others, and Coram, they saved Coram for last. Uh, Harbaugh, we've said it many times. He's a hell of a coach, just a hell of a coach. But, man, he is a bit of a weirdo. And (laughs) coming out with his whole Shakespeare speech that he did, I thought, man, you're losing people here, Jimmy. But (laughs) just a, a great capper. Whatever he great says, people go nuts about man. Um, I know, unless it's it's unless it's that he's taking an NFL job. Right. Um, before we get into kind of some of the negativity and the rumors surrounding it, I just wanted to tie a bow on last week and kind of some of the things you mentioned. The one, the parade that was awesome, yep. seeing all those guys back one last ride. Especially uh, just little things that I, I kind of like, maybe like I just appreciated. You know, we talked about how like I was like it didn't feel kind of as awesome as I thought it would. The championship, I. I take it back. Like I, what I realized is so awesome about winning a title is like this whole year, this whole next calendar year, you just sit back and, and you're just like high on life. It's like any yep. college football really the topic. You can trump card anybody about it. It's like, it's the sweetest feeling. I can't imagine how it's going to feel come next August when it's like college football is really heating up uh, and we get to just always use that card. 
Um, the other thing, I two other quick things I love. People are talking about if Harbaugh leaves, you know, Sean Moore, this, that. I love this the style of play that Michigan has adopted and has now made, like, basically uh, trademarked and made their own. This bludgeon people, I never thought I'd say that. I've always loved the high-flying offenses spread. But something about this Michigan team, I never want to watch another style of football in the maize and blue again. Right. I need Harbaugh to stay. I need to keep this same sort of technique where we're just going to plow people and we're going to bury them in the ground. I love every second of it. I just felt the need to say that. I just had a true appreciation for that yep. as I was thinking about back on this season. Uh, and then the other thing, just last one, the the Rose Bowl aesthetic, man, it yeah. was awesome. <laughs> Those were the perfect Michigan jerseys. They'll never be better Michigan jerseys ever again. The white accents, the yellow pants, the blue top, it was just incredible. And one final small And then the, the Rose Bowl patch on the shoulder, awesome. too. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. One thing I will complain about, Matt, I'm sure you probably already gotten some of it. The national championship gear, it is not very good. Why is it the same stock, like, national championship gear year after year by, like, Nike or whoever? It's like they've had it made for, like, 10 years, and they're just waiting right. to ship it on shelves. I don't know, Matt, you probably looked at some of this gear and noticed it. That's yeah. just my opinion. I'm like, what is this stuff? Can we get some special Jordan, Michigan, uh, you know, life to this stuff? It's like I can't find a Rose Bowl gear anywhere. Um, the national championship stuff is all just says, you know, national championships 2023 or the without a doubt with the Houston HOU right. highlighted. I think the gear is like a serious problem to the point I haven't gotten any yet. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a little underwhelming, and I've I've seen some other people post about that. Like I'm going through all the websites, and I, I'm I can't find something that boom catches your eye. That's the one I want right there. It's all pretty generic. I think it it might be one of those things that I think we're all just like cynics. We we've just like there is some cool stuff out there. It's just we see it every year. You know, we see the same right. stuff every national. T- it's Alabama gear. It's LSU. You know, whoever. Yeah, it is the same stuff every year just a different team different colors but yeah when your team wins it especially you know with like you said with jordan you would hope they'd come out with some super cool stuff maybe some unique styles right um, i have like- I've, I've got a couple shirts just because uh one of my buddies sent dicks dicks had all their stuff like 30 percent off oh. for like two days or something like that so i picked up a couple things one of my buddies so obviously rose bowl they played alabama so a bunch of my coworkers were out there so I texted one of them and I was like, hey, if you have a chance, swing by one of the some of the merch tables and pick me up some stuff. Because the Rose Bowl always has like uh, exclusive stuff that they only sell at the Rose Bowl. Mm. So I did get a shirt from the Rose Bowl um, out there. But I have been a little underwhelmed because I was fully prepared to spend a couple hundred, few hundred bucks on, you know, a couple shirts, hats, maybe some other stuff. But yeah, I, I can understand that. The high won't go, come down, though. I mean, I think seeing some of the guys, J.J. McCarthy announcing he was going to leave, I think we were all hoping he would come back. But, I, you know, no one no one faults him for leaving. His, his stock won't be higher if he comes back. And even if they won another national championship, I mean, I, I don't think his stock would necessarily be higher. The only thing would maybe be this NFL draft has Caleb Williams, Drake May. So maybe if he came back, he would be the number one quarterback on the draft board. So maybe that's what it'd be, but you always risk, you know, there's the injury risk or, you know, and any other thing. And so I don't think any Michigan fan faults him for leaving. He's going to go get drafted and he's going to hopefully have an awesome NFL career. He did everything. He went three and zero against Ohio state, 
three Big Ten titles, three CFP appearances, won a national title game. I mean, I don't I don't know what else he could have done at Michigan. Yeah, I don't I don't want to bring it down and switch it over to the Harbaugh thing, but just thinking about it with JJ announcing he's going, doesn't that kind of seal the deal about Harbaugh? I don't know about seal the deal. I mean, I I, I think it probably him and him and JJ seem to have a super super close connection. So you, right. you wonder if that played into it. I don't think Harbaugh probably has told anything. Like I've seen people say, I bet JJ and Harbaugh had conversations. If you're going, I'm going type mm-hmm. of thing. I don't think that happened at all. I mean, obviously that, I have no, no idea, not that. but I don't, I don't think Harbaugh's telling anyone. He might not even be telling his wife what he's doing. You know, I, I think he's keeping that pretty close to the vest. And I, I think, yeah, maybe that plays into it. And I know every coach, anytime they recruit someone, they tell them, you know, I want to be here and help you develop the quarterback that came in, Jaden Davis from Charlotte. The reports are that him and Harbaugh were really close. That's why Davis chose to go to Michigan. And Harbaugh has said he's really excited to be there and develop him. But obviously he's interviewing for the Chargers and other jobs. So that, you know, that may not happen. But I, I still I my gut still says he's going to be back. I think I think he wants to be in Michigan from everything that you hear and read. It's just so I saw John U. Bacon tweeted out, and I've seen some other t- people tweet out that the big hiccup right now with Harbaugh and his Michigan contract seems to be the clauses. It's obviously not the money. They can offer him however much money he wants, but he apparently wants clauses in the contract that say if more infractions come from the NCAA, if more suspensions come from the NCAA, you can't fire me for cause. You know, mm. like obviously we don't have to go down the, the rabbit hole of what Mel Tucker was doing, but you know, they were able to fire him for cause so they didn't have to pay him that buyout because he basically broke the contract. Other other coaches have done the same thing. So Harbaugh is basically wants to put in his contract, protect himself. Like if another suspension comes from the NCAA, you can't all of a sudden say your contract is void. So there seems to be some, some heads butting there, which is a little frustrating because through all of last season, through these suspensions, Ward Manuel, the athletics director and the, the university – we're saying we have Harbaugh's back. He's our coach. We have Harbaugh's back through all of this. You know, we, he's our guy. We want him here. So it'd be like, well, if you're saying that last season, just do whatever he wants. Put whatever he wants in that contract. Give him the money he wants. Get, you know, like I, I think he he's proven that unless unless they know that the some other big suspensions are coming, you know, unless they know some stuff that might come down the pipe and maybe some other suspension is coming, but that, that seems to be the only thing holding up that contract. That would be the one thing, going back to Jared, you saying like right now we're on a Michigan high. If Harbaugh does actually leave, it would be a little bit of a downer. You know, it would be like, ah, man. But again, I think I said it last week, at least me personally, it'd also be like, a, hey, man, you, you came back here, you, you rebuilt the program, you won a title. No no hard feelings, go win a Super Bowl. This, this has been a great run. So we'll, we'll see what happens, though. Yeah, it's. it's Do you you guys think he's going to the Chargers or what's your gut? I think so. I I I go back and forth on it every to every day. The fact that he interviewed and and there's the rumor mill out that maybe there's not even a contract for Harbaugh to sign right now. That basically they there's not even offer. The whole thing is confusing. It's like you don't know who to believe. Like, does Harbaugh want to stay? If he does, why is he not basically saying I have no contract to sign? They are 
like kind of playing hardball with me. Like what would be like the fans would be behind Harbaugh. So it's like whatever he's trying to get, I don't understand why he's doing it all behind closed doors. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think Ward Manuel should be thankful for that. I don't yeah. know what what's happening. Like you said, clauses. What? No wonder he wants that because one, it seems like there's a rat within the Michigan building who is leaking <laughs> stuff to the NCAA. So probably there are probably more sanctions to come, whether it's next year or some new scan- cheeseburger scandal in three years. Like there will be more. It's just the NCAA, and, and the NCAA clearly has Harbaugh in his crosshairs. So I don't think that's crazy to want that in his contract. Right. And Michigan boosters, you know, I, I I bet if you ask them, hey, there's two choices. We can give Harbaugh this deal with all these clauses in his contract, or we can just let him go to the NFL. The boosters, 99.99% are going to say, let's give him that deal, whatever that sight unseen, whatever the hell he wants, give it to him. Like you said, Matt, I don't understand. It, yeah. what, what are we doing? I, God, he yeah. is the best coach maybe in college football. Everybody wants him. Everybody in the NFL, basically any other college program wants him. Ohio State wants him. Why is Michigan taking him for granted, it feels like? And it just feels like a complete 180 from what we saw throughout the year. Like you said, they had his back at every turn. Now, after they win a national title, they they want him out. It just the whole thing makes zero sense. Yeah, it really does. I mean, we we talked about it last week, especially now that Saban's gone. I mean, if, if Harbaugh wants to stick in college and had the right contract, he'd be the king. He'd be the king for the next 10 years and yep. r- wind down that career. Uh, this whole contract thing does disturb me. You know, I can understand you have a clause in there for morality like Mel Tucker. OK, that's right. that's one thing. But, you know, for things that really are out of your control, like if the NCA is after his ass and tries to find every little nitpicky thing and suspends him, you know, for stuff that's really out of his control, what are you going to do if you had a rogue coach that, right. you know, does stuff? If, if those kind of things are in the, in the contract, I don't blame Harbaugh. Now, part yeah. of me, part of me wants to think, Okay, I'm going to go do these interviews. I read something else about there was a clause that, okay, in this contract, you can't go, uh, can't pursue any more NFL offers. That's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. Telling somebody what he can do with his future. I mean, maybe you got it in the contract that uh, you give up so much pay, but if he wants to go somewhere else, you can't lock in like that. Right. I don't know. I just, this whole, this whole contract thing and Ward Emanuel and, it just it does confuse me a bit, and what yeah. really is going on with the contract situation? We're gonna know more probably by next week, but yeah. it's all still speculation. It seems like a lot of egos at play. You know, mm-hmm. obviously Harbaugh has a big ego. He you know he deserves it. He's one of the best coaches in all of football. I'm sure Ward Manuel doesn't want to give in to him. Doesn't right. want to doesn't want to let Harbaugh make the decisions. You know, he's like I'm still the athletics director. You know, you, you I'm still technically your boss. You know, and I'm I'm sure I'm sure there's some some heads butting there, but kind of like you said, Jared, I've seen people say, just get it done. I mean, they, yeah. they kind of, you know, reports came out with the whole John Beeline thing. Obviously, Beeline said he had a desire to get to the NFL or the NBA. NBA. He wanted to coach in the NBA, but some reports came out that part of it was there was just, you know, not like bad blood, but they weren't seeing eye to eye with with the athletics department in Michigan and stuff like that. So that kind of led him to saying, all right, this is my chance to go to the NBA. The baseball coach, the, you know, Michigan baseball was in the College World Series a few years ago, and then they let the baseball coach go. And it just seems like Ward Manuel doesn't have a good track record so far no. of, like, 
keeping his coaches there. So, you know, obviously Harbaugh, different situation, but we'll see. But it's hard not to just still be on a high with Michigan, even with all the guys going to the NFL. I saw a list. I counted it up. So the record of guys drafted Georgia uh, with 15, and Harbaugh, made, he's, he said, I think, before right, the season the that, that he wanted to break that record. Mm-hmm. And Michigan has like 19, 20 guys right now that are legitimate. They're, they're going to be drafted, um, you know, whether in the last round or in the first round. So they're about to have about 20 guys be drafted in the NFL draft. I mean, this was really – it was a dream season for Michigan. Everything, all the guys that came back, J.J. McCarthy, you know, obviously Harbaugh, and just all the the seniors, all the guys they got in the transfer portal came in and were great. Offensive linemen that came back, you know, they it it really was. You you hope that this isn't once in a lifetime type of thing, but this almost feels feels like a once in a lifetime type of season. And because it's before all this conference realignment, mm-hmm. and like you've said before, Ted, the the NIL stuff is just kind of getting out of control. The transfer portal is out of control. This yeah. just seems like a like an era, especially if Harbaugh does leave. If they won this title, it almost seems like it college football's changing. Saban left, you know, other coaches have left and you know things are just really different now in college football. I'm glad Michigan got it done. You know, we've got that forever. Forever. And whether Jared buys a shirt or not, you know, we we've got that forever. It's a bummer though, seeing it kind of dissolve though. If we're being honest, I know I get, they did their job, but like, I mean, 20 guys, it's like, I don't know what I expected, but you almost want them to be like, yeah, we're going to go another round. We're going <laughs> to give it another championship run. Uh, they're going to be, it, it's like, like I have some buddies who are texting me like, man, I'm so sick of this Harbaugh NFL stuff. Like he can just leave already. <laughs> we have Sharon Moore like waiting in the wings. Like, dude, it's going to be a, a drop off. You know, it, it's similar to like, God, I feel like what we saw with Ryan Day and Urban Meyer. It's like, there's nobody quite like those, those legend coaches, Harbaugh, Urban Meyer, like there's going to be a drop off, even if it's it's small. And so I'm just I'm not looking forward to the days where Jim Harbaugh is not on the sideline. I think they'd be in capable hands, but it's not Harbaugh, right. and you'd see a drop. Yeah. I, one thing I real quick on the Harb or on uh, JJ that kind of surprised me. If I'm honest, I didn't yeah. see that coming. I think you did, maybe did, Matt. I didn't. I and and I do agree with what you said, Ted. I think it's a sign that Harbaugh's probably leaving. I don't think they're buddy buddy. But I mean, I think they could probably read between the lines those players in that locker room whether Harbaugh's legit about staying or leaving. So yeah. I don't know. I see he's getting mocked as a first rounder. I can't. I can't figure out what type of NFL player he's going to be. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if he flames out because just of what we've seen, like kind of at Michigan, where it feels like either whether play play calling or his abilities, he seems limited. But then it's like he he wins every goddamn game. So it's like I wouldn't be surprised if he gets to the NFL and just keeps winning. But I also wouldn't be surprised if, if he gets the NFL and, and all these sort of shortcomings we think we see mm-hmm. start to really show themselves. I don't know. I can't. I can't come to an opinion on what he'll be like in the NFL. Yeah, I've I have a feeling like you know I'm JJ fan, so this might be a little fandom. I think he's going to be a good NFL quarterback, but we all know it's all about fit. And if he he has to be in the right system, I and I think leaving this year helps him if he stayed and was the first round draft or the number one quarterback next year, you know how it usually goes. If you're the number one pick, you're probably going to a terrible team. It rarely happens like with CJ Stroud and the Texans this year, the Texans were supposed to be one of the worst teams in the league, but CJ Stroud and they, you know, they, they kind of put things together and they're in the second round of the playoffs. Now, like that rarely happens. Usually you see like what happened with Justin Fields or some of these other guys, like you get drafted to a team that's really bad. And it might take a few years. It took a few years for 
Trevor Lawrence and, and the Jaguars to kind of get things going. So I think leaving this year, so JJ will get drafted, you know, in the 20s, maybe even early second round if he falls. So probably by a you know a team that already has a starting quarterback. I think that that's ideal, like a Jordan Love situation. Hopefully he gets drafted somewhere where there's a starter. He's not expected to be the guy day one. He can learn a little bit, you know, develop, and then, you know, see what happens. But I, I see what you're saying. I, you know, obviously a lot of a lot of people think he's going to be a bust. The dude, even all the way back to his high school, he's only lost like three games as a starter all the way back to like, you know, through his high school days. Like he, he just wins and he's athletic. You know, he, he gets a little gunslinger, I guess, with his throws sometimes, but you know, you can, you can fix that in the NFL. Well, he can move. And, yep. you know, the intriguing thing to me, if Harbaugh goes to the NFL, let's say the Charger thing doesn't work out. I've been I, I've been seeing some things about the, the Raiders, you know, and if Harbaugh goes the Raiders, he'll draft J.J. to be the future quarterback. <laughs> right. Uh, is, it, is it Tom Brady a part of the Raiders organization nowadays, too? Yep. I mean, think about that, boys. That got a little That's fit not where it. I want him to go. I think Harbaugh would flame out there. They do not want anybody but Antonio Pierce, the players. And Max right. Crosby's very loud about that. Well, that's and true. if you bring in Harbaugh uh, and then you bring in his little golden boy quarterback, like I seriously think it would be like a Urban Meyer type flame out. Like what the hell is going on? The Maybe players right. would revolt against that. Yeah. So I hate that idea. I thought yeah. it was I, I don't I don't see JJ as a first rounder. I don't know. I what but again, I'm the idiot. Everybody else is saying he's a first rounder and he's mocked to be a first rounder. I, I don't know. I don't I, I think he needs to sit. I don't like and if you get yeah. drafted in the first round, it's like you're gonna go play. Right. I don't think he can in the NFL, but we'll see. Yeah, I think he needs to sit. Like it, it, like let's say he went to the Lions in the Hennon Hooker spot. That's right. a perfect spot for JJ. Two years, sit behind a golf like guy, uh, and come in and play. You only get one shot start in the NFL. And JJ, who's I think not even 21 yet, just basically getting trotted out there, he's already very small. Like it just seems like a, a doom scenario if he has to start from day one in the NFL. Yeah, yeah that that's kind of changed. That's kind of old school. Uh, and I see what you're saying because the top top choice quarterbacks that go in that first round in the top five, they're thrown right into that starting job right, right. away. And you know, you got a guy like uh, Love for Green Bay, just a perfect example of old school, where he sits behind a guy, learns, and then when it's his turn, he's ready to go. Yeah. You know. He, he doesn't have all that bullshit of being a rookie. I mean, Stroud's one of the rare birds that was able to do it. Right. Yeah, that doesn't happen very often. A rookie rookie quarterback just taking the league by storm. But yeah, we'll see. I'll be rooting for JJ. I, I'm kind of with you. I, I hope that Raiders thing, Jared, it doesn't pan out. Because one, yeah, like the locker room is all behind Pierce. And then, yeah, there's that weird expectations. If they have Harbaugh and draft JJ, it, it would I, like it would just be like this isn't Michigan. Like Too they both pressure. need to like go different ways and you know kind yeah. of move on. But kind of fun to talk about though. It's fun to hey, talk did, about though. Didn't didn't Pierce? Didn't he just interview somewhere else for another NFL job? I think I saw that too. Like yeah, he's done a couple other interviews too. So th that's another one. It's almost like hey Raiders, just get it done. Like right. Like with Michigan and Harbaugh, just do it. Like if your whole locker room is saying. Antonio Pierce is the guy. He he's a great coach, and they turned things around when they when they gave him the job. They actually started playing pretty well. Like what? Don't overthink it. Just give him the job. Right. <laughs> what are you doing? Well, before we wrap up this podcast, boys, uh, finally we're in what mid January, and 
I'm finally starting to look at college basketball a little bit, you know, <laughs> I mean, Michigan state picks up a win over Rutgers pretty easy. They, you know, they now have 10 wins. Uh, you know, Malik Hall had 15, but the big story was Steven Izzo scoring his first points as a collegian. I thought really one of the more clever things I've seen on the internet was Izzo holding up that piece of paper with three on it like right. compared to wilt chamberlain hundred i mean that that was classic i saw that yeah that is pretty funny and it is a cool story you know because obviously he's tom Izzo's son and he walked on i'm sure he he wouldn't have made the team if, if his dad no. wasn't the coach no we, we no all know way. that but whatever who cares i mean he right. doesn't get he doesn't get like big time minutes he only comes in in garbage time so it's a, it's a super cool story and you know he finally finally got a bucket. I'm pretty. I, it's either his first points or it was just his first field goal. It might be his first points. I think first but, points because I think all the other times been in exhibition games. Right. Yeah. So yeah, cool, cool yeah. story. You saw the bench go crazy. The fans, the his own went crazy. All that stuff. So cool story. He's living one hell of a life, man. <laughs> right. Uh, just basically playing dress up uh on that team it's it's awesome i it's he's the human victory cigar when he goes out there and 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 the crowd goes nuts and the bench goes nuts it's it was cool and one thing that kind of changed my opinion on him a little bit is they is this whole thing i think is is just a joke i i don't get the infatuation with it but whatever i can appreciate the the comedy and kind of the wholesomeness of Izzo and his son like full circleness of everything about it but the one thing that made me kind of feel like, okay, I kind of like this kid. He's not the worst thing in the world was after that point, you know, like you could, they had a little bit of a, uh, like news media around him after the game, like in post game. And it's like probably four or five reporters holding a microphone up to him. And he's like crying talking about how much yeah. it meant to him to score the goal. Like you could tell it meant a lot to him to, to, uh, Huge. score that bucket. And I tell you what, like, I feel like if the players, you can tell that they like him and it would be so easy to hate him if you were on that team you would think if, if he doesn't deserve to be there he's obviously we can tell he's not the greatest player ever uh put on a basketball court but at least he seems like a pretty decent guy good locker room guy the players yeah. love him they're all tweeting about it after he makes the bucket so clearly there's some sort of friendship going on there so i can appreciate everything about it but uh <laughs> steven is a man i, I the, my worst nightmare is him going in against michigan this year like in a blowout and, and draining a three-pointer <laughs> i might not i might delete twitter if that happens i think that's when i'd officially delete it well speaking of michigan i mean they pick up a win over ohio state 73 65 snapping a five-game losing streak martin luther king day uh, matinee that was cool but the biggest story out of that was i mean the fab five Finally back home all together. That was that was pretty cool. I, I'm sure you've seen the pictures of them posing there, yep. the five of them. I mean, it was pretty neat, you know. And and Gus Johnson on the call. It was it was it was a great thing, you know. Not working anymore. It was great to put the TV on and watch that game. Yeah, a little afternoon college basketball at, at Chrysler Center. I mean, it, a on big a Monday. Game. I mean, Michigan obviously just just been struggling like crazy this season. Juwan wasn't on the sidelines at the beginning of the season because of his heart surgery. And now they've had their, their starting point guard has a really weird suspension going on and they've been losing games. So just a very odd season for the Wolverines. So that, that was one of those cool things. He beat the Buckeyes who Ohio state's actually pretty good this year. They are. So that, that is just a big win. And then finally it's been long overdue. The, the fab five, the first time they've all been all five together um, at a Michigan game. So it, it was a big deal. And 
it's one of those things like, you know, however you feel about the banners coming down and, and their, their wins and everything being vacated, however you feel about that, they were as big a part of not just college basketball sports mm-hmm. uh, impact that they had on the sports world and really like just pop culture and all that kind of stuff as anything. So the, the fab five is iconic, not, not just because we're Michigan fans. So it, it is cool to see them hopefully maybe burying the hatchet a little bit and saying, Hey, let's all, let's all just kind of move on. Whether the banners ever actually go back up, you know, I guess we'll see, but um, it, it was really cool to see the fab five back together. It, it's time. It's time to put it all behind us. In yeah. my opinion. I mean, you yeah. know, you can only hold grudges for so long. Right. right. And like you said, I mean, they're legendary. There's a legacy there. It's too bad they didn't win the Natty, but they still, they were the talk of college basketball for those two years. There's no question about it. And and like you said, even bigger in the sports world in general, not just college basketball. Right. I'm curious. So, so Ted, obviously you were, I was a kid. I, I remember watching, I vividly remember watching them. I was a kid though. You were, you were an adult watching them. So you obviously remember before Jared's time, though, so like what your your era, Jared? I mean, you obviously know who the Fab Five is. You've seen the thirty for thirty, and you know everything else. Is the Fab Five to you like just kind of like, yeah, that's cool, or like do you love? You know what I mean? Like, is the Fab it, Five? Does well, it even really? Is it that cool to you? Or if this reunion happened, let's say four years ago when Juwan had the program in a good spot, like this would have <laughs> been a lot cooler. It's, yeah. it's like of all the games for them to show up at uh, uh Monday three, I get it's Martin Luther King day, whatever Monday noon game looked like maybe half the stands were full. Like I get, I get it was Ohio state. It just felt like, you know, where were you guys when we needed the effing recruits? Now this team sucks. And I like, I appreciate they're back in town. I'm glad that they're finally like put their differences aside and seem to be friends. Now I, I use, I never have been a big, like, that five guy i, I don't know yeah. what it is i never have like like j- because of how i've seen these guys since then you know juan was the goofy miami heat guy you know basically riding lebron's coattails <laughs> um jalen rose is on tv every day spouting about who knows what uh these other guys you don't even hear about chris weber not my favorite you know color guy it's just not i don't like they're just not they're not my era matt like i i understand why you loved them what, what you were a teenager or a little kid when they were making yeah. those like making those championship runs, like they probably were cooler than now. But looking back on it, you know, see these documentaries, like wow, they wore black socks. Like okay, sweet, bag, they wore black bag, socks. baggy pants. It's like I mean, I don't. It's just I, I I appreciate what they did. I see why they were so cool, so polarizing. But to me, like it just come like they just seem kind of lame nowadays. I hate saying that. <laughs> I feel like a hater. this is the perfect generational thing perfect Uh, generational thing we've been waiting for 30 years for them to come back and that's like what a couple (laughs) tweets on twitter is the only reason you even know that it was going on it's like what (laughs) like i there i don't know maybe it's on michigan to make that a bigger deal but like yeah why what it was just it was just like so anti-comatic it's like you we're kind of done with you guys it was it was weird i mean not that i've been i mean admittedly haven't been paying the closest attention to michigan basketball this season not just because the team is down, but Michigan football and the Lions kind of have most of my attention right now. But yeah, I didn't see any announcement. And I wonder if that was on purpose. Maybe they didn't want to make like a huge deal about it, but you would think because it is a big deal, 
you would think maybe at least a day before, a couple days before, hey, keep your eyes out for right. something big at Chrysler Center. You know, I don't know, something. I didn't know until I saw Jalen Rose tweet out a picture of him and Chris Weber and before the game. And that that was the big thing. It was always him and Weber were the ones that kind of had a falling out. And that right. that's what was like keeping them separated was their their friendship kind of fell apart. And that Chris Weber didn't want to go back to Michigan because of stuff that happened with him. So it seems like they must have kind of buried the hatchet and that's what brought it back together. But yeah, I didn't, didn't see any announcements about it. So, you know, that was kind of strange, but you saying that the fab five is lame. (laughs) Nowadays they are, I say it, man. (laughs) I don't know. That's just me. Like think like everything I laid out, what those guys have been doing my whole life. Right. It's like, I I don't know. It's it's the same as like the, we talk about the football thing. Ohio State will always, to Ted, be the biggest rival for Michigan, no matter what. No matter what. But, like, for you, obviously, it's Michigan State. Like, it's just, you know, different things. Yeah, the Black Sox, it's everything they did. You've heard this a 100 times. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Everything they did was, like, different. The Black Sox, no one had ever done that. The Baggy Shorts, no one had ever done that. The five Five freshmen. freshmen. (laughs) Five freshmen. We say that all the time now. Calipari has it all the time. Five freshmen, never done before. The bald heads. Like, everything was just, like, new the hip hop and you know just everything was different. So, uh, reread the book. It's, it's just the something. Book. The further you get away from it, in my opinion, like you look at their NBA careers, none of them. Like Chris Webber was probably the best of them all. Never mm-hmm. quite reached that like upper echelon where you know win a title. It's like I don't know. It just feels like it's like they're grabbing on to. It'd be like Ted, like all of a sudden, like now, like yep, I'm a, I'm restarting the sports forum. Like the game together, you know, whatever, whoever, whoever you used to do it with, it's like, dude, you're like grabbing on. It's like, it's past. I hate to say that I'm a Michigan guy through and through. I love Michigan, but the fab five, it just, it's, it's lost its luster. It it was something we wanted for so long. And then it's kind of like the more and more time as time has passed, the less I gave a shit about it. And now it's just like, all right, that was, that was cool. I I don't (laughs) know. I I hate to say it. I get again. I feel bad because it is your team, Matt. Like I, I and and I, I get why. Like I, I, I don't know. It's just I have seen. I didn't see them play in college. I've seen what they've done since then, right. and it makes you. It makes me look back on that team and be like, "Well, that was kind of lame." But so, will you? What about in twenty years? If if the same kid your age, but you're now you know forty, whatever, is saying this about John Beeline's teams. And Trey Burke and those guys who never actually won a title, but and you know none of those guys really had a great NBA career. Tim Hardaway still out there playing. Will you be like, yeah, no, you didn't? You didn't watch those John Beeline teams. You didn't see Trey Burke hitting those buzzer beaters right. and stuff. You know, no, exactly. I wouldn't right. because I would. It's I, we just saw. I think they just like got together for a reunion, the ten year reunion of that twenty thirteen team last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of those guys have really gone. I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr. has been the best like pro of them all. Right. Um, and I don't even think Mitch McGarry was present at the, the reunion. I don't even know what he's up to nowadays, but I think he's um, deep into weed, I think. Right. <laughs> Entrepreneurship. Yeah. Um, uh, so no, I, nothing will ever change my opinion about those guys. Yeah. Unless, but unless it's like, unless now Trey Burke became like a TV talking head and w- like talks about the fab, talks about that team like every day, which is what <laughs> it felt like wrote Jalen Rose like did. Yeah. And and it was it was just you were knocked over your head about the Fab Five so many different times. They didn't win a title. They didn't win a title. It'd be like the twenty. It's kind of funny, like the twenty eighteen Michigan team. Imagine talking about them as much as we talk about the Fab Five. 
So like, dude, they accomplished just as much. They accomplished just as much and not nearly the headaches. And and those banners are going to stay. It's just like, I'm just, I don't know. I, I feel, I sound like a hater. I hate when I feel that way. <laughs> I'm not in on Fab Five. I, 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 that's well, fair. like I like I said, I think that's why people tune in because it is in the, this whole generational thing is very interesting when we start getting it out of the weeds and bringing it on the table and discussing it. You know, hearing your opinion on this, I respect it, I understand it, but Matt, we lived it. We were yeah. we lived through Fab Five Mania, man. It was yeah. it was unheard of, man. It was incredible. Uh, last question I got for you guys: Do you to, to bring it kind of full circle on college basketball? Matt, you're in the industry. You're you're in tune a lot more than I am on college hoops, and, and Jared, you follow it too. But do you do you find like do you agree with me, or is it just the fan in me still heavy duty into football that college basketball I'm starting to pay attention to now? Try starting to get ready for February. And trying March. to that, man, that's trying. Yeah. yeah, it's hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's hard. I, you you it shouldn't feel like punishment having to watch a sport. <laughs> that's kind of what I feel like sometimes right. when watching college basketball. Right. It just sucks, man. It, like I, how I feel like the transfer portal and NIL has really elevated college football and leveled the playing field. I feel like it's on the opposite hand. It's like destroyed college basketball. Yeah. You can't follow who's on what team uh, like Michigan. I know like three guys on the team this year. I watched that Ohio state game yesterday. First game all year. It's like, I, I, I got to figure out who these characters even are like, That's as I'm watching it. So it's, I don't know. Yeah. I will get into it. And this is the sweet spot. Like you said, this is the time of year where you finally start to, Mm-hmm. Uh, especially after the Super Bowl. Usually there's like a Michigan-Michigan State game right around Super Bowl week that you can kind of circle as right. the real kickoff of the season. But, yeah, it's just it's tough for me. I, I, I It's tough for me to get into it. Yeah, if I wasn't working college basketball games and, and doing what I do at work, I definitely wouldn't watch as much. It Obviously, if Michigan was a top-five team, right, you know, right. maybe I'd be watching more. But So that, that does affect it. But, yeah, no, Jared, you're spot on. I think – not knowing rosters year in and year out, it's just kind of – it makes it tough to have to learn. You know, that's what made this Michigan football team so lovable, I guess. Yeah. We knew who the whole team was. We right. knew all these guys. We've been watching them for two, three, four years, some of them. So yeah. That's the best part of sports right there, especially yep. if you're talking college. When you got these teams together, you you grow, you grow attached to them. You watch what they're doing. And in today's day and age, again, I sound like an old man, but college basketball right now, it's it's tough. It's tough. It's tougher than it used True. to be. You know, you it's watch how it is. And that's, you know, Izzo still, he's kind of one of the last of a dying yep. breed, if you want to say. He usually does have, you know, His four or back. five guys that stick around for a few years. But right. Yeah. I think that's the best way to go, but I can't live in the past. All right, guys, I think we made it through another podcast. Again, I'm so thankful that I'm relatively healthy now. Last (laughs) week, I listened to some of that. I'm going, man, what was I doing? I couldn't (laughs) talk at all. You powered through. Powered through. Glad to have you back, man. Full strength. You need you for the playoff push. Amen, for sure. Go Lions. Well, I want to thank our partners, including Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center. Sign up for a 2024 membership. I think you can still get the 15% off. Get yourself healthy and in shape. I did pop in there a couple times in my illness to sit in the uh, sauna in the steam room. It did help a little bit, but uh, it's it's a nice setup. Get details at memorialhealthcare.org. Also want to thank AZ Branding Solutions, Jacobs Insurance Agency, Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. We'll be talking Lions on our next podcast, everybody. Peace and love. 
Be kind. Thanks for listening. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to Three Point Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.